Welcome to the Gratitude Cafe, positive radio to feed your soul. Your dynamic host and founder, Sue Lundquist, will bring you her own intuitive talents and gifts for co-creating, healing, and teaching. Her show, The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul, is focused on bringing you to a higher place each week where you can leave the hustle of life at the door. So pull up a chair and join us for The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul. All righty then. Good morning, International. We have got so many beautiful people listening to us today and every day, like every show. Benny, how are you? Good, good, good. good. It's the Gratitude Cafe. Sue Lundquist. Benny, biggest AKA and brightest and bestest. Superman. That's me. Thank That's you. you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, again, I guess it's second week into the new year. Everybody's mm-hmm. bustling. It's going to be a juicy year this year. First full week back from vacay for a lot of people yeah. in school. So it's a busy one out there. It is a busy one. All right. We have a very full day today, full hour, my day, starting. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, speak for yourself. Yeah, it is. It's we full today. Well, we have two amazing guests today. <clears throat> See, there it goes again in my throat. I'm so sorry. Uh, we are going to talk to Anisha Marcel Keel, and that's going to be our first guest today. We're going to s- discover the healing within, and I'm pretty excited to talk to this young lady. But before we get started, I have to remind all of you. Um, I have been invited and have accepted to go to the Northwest Mind Body Spirit Connection Expo, which is in Linwood, and I'm going to be hosting the Heal Document. Uh, document. <laughs> I can't even talk. Document the Heal Document. I'm impressed with that one. You are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Here I'm presenting the document, <laughs> like like almost like a four score <laughs> seven years ago type thing. Jeez. <laughs> roll out your big yes old <laughs> it is an incredible movie and i am really really excited to be a part of that so today and actually today and uh the next show we are going to be giving out individual tickets we have two individual tickets to give out free for the event so what does that mean that means one caller per ticket one person per ticket we need your first and last name, cell phone number, phone number, contact information, and email. Correct, Benny? Yep. And you can't call in twice. No. <laughs> Just letting you know. Hey, because some people do. Yes, yes, yes. One One ticket. per winner per, yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. So the heel document, I'm going to, I said it again. I can't help you with that. I mean, I don't know. Oh, my heavens. The heel documentary. It is absolutely an incredible, incredible, I, it's, it's a true life movie as far as I'm concerned. It's pretty amazing. If you haven't seen it, please join us at the Northwest Mind Body Spirit Connection Expo. And that is Saturday, June 20th. I will be there later in the afternoon, but there is so much going on throughout the whole day. January. January. What did, did I think I, you said June, but I wasn't sure. I just want to make sure it's January. January. It's January. two weeks, three weeks. Right. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, thank you. I've been getting my. I'm, I don't know what's going on. I. I've been grounding. I've been cleaning. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm going to too much. Maybe I need to talk to Anisha about this because I'm. Good call. I'm <laughs> but we will. We would talk to her in just a second before we get started. Of course, new perspective, new thoughts, new ideas. This is a new you, just you 2.0. Have to tell you about one of my other superstars. That is Mr. Josh Parkinson with Resonate Brand. Resonate helps you build beautiful, beautiful mobile-friendly websites, but more importantly, they help you build a web strategy. That helps your business attract new customers, grow a following, and get higher in the search listings. And if you want to create an online course or membership that sells automatically without you lifting a finger, 
they can help you build and sell that too. So please contact Resonate Web Leadership for a free consultation to see what options they have for you. Go to www.resonateweb.agency and have them, um, just tell them Sue sent you. Uh, Sue from the Gratitude Cafe. He is an amazing person. His whole team will absolutely help you get started. So Benny is taking phone calls. We are giving away two tickets, one per person, uh, to the Heal documentary. Not the Heal documentary, the whole, actually, expo, the Northwest Mind-Body-Spirit Connection Expo. That includes your Heal documentary ticket. I'm going to be there. You can pick up your I'm Thankful journals there. And also, I've actually got some amazing, and I don't take this lightly, amazing gifts straight from Dr. Joe and his staff. Uh, So I'm super excited to be able to present that to you. So again, we're giving two separate tickets away per person. Don't, can't call twice. And if you want, 1-888-298-5569 or locally 425-373-5527. All right, without further ado, I have got an amazing guest, Anisha Marcel Keel. Her, Anisha Marcel Keel, MFA, is a lifelong healing medium who has been able to communicate with spirits since she was a very young girl. She's an award-winning author of Discovering the Medium Within, Techniques and Stories of a Professional Psychic Medium, which received a 2000, or 2013 USA Best Book Award, 2013 Living Now Gold Medal Book Award, 2014 New England Book Festival Award, and 2015 Indie Spiritual Book Award. She is also the author of Discovering the Healer Within, which we're going to be talking about today, and using your chakras, intuition, to clear negative and negativity and release pain. I am so excited to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am very excited as well. Yay, so excited. So you know what, we're going to jump in because we've we've got our time here. I just want to know a little bit about you, your background. Can you just let the audience and myself get to know you a bit and how you got to where you're at today? And by the way, congratulations on all those beautiful awards. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Well, I was born with my abilities activated. So uh, from the time I was a very young child, I could see and feel and communicate with spirits, which was very challenging because I grew up in a very Catholic family that did not really support my abilities. And it wasn't until I had my son, Brayden, who is now 15, um, that I really actually accepted my abilities because when I realized my son had the same abilities as me, it really made me embrace my abilities so that he wouldn't grow up feeling like a fish out of water the way I had most of my life. Mm. Um, So my son has the same abilities, and my daughter, uh, Briella, who is nine, also has the same abilities. So I do come from a family of people that are clairsentient and clairvoyant. On my dad's side, there are about 18 different um, Reiki masters and um, cousins that are all doing energy work. But my children and I are the first ones to really embrace the clairaudience and uh, sort of our mediumship abilities. And we hope that everybody after us in the family line does the same. Leaving Um, a legacy. I love it. Yeah, and changing the family line, letting go of fears and embracing our abilities is part of who we are. Um, I've been doing this healing work for about, I would say, I guess about 15 or 16 years now. Um, My hand chakras opened up on their own. And uh, one of my cousins was teaching a Reiki class. I really didn't know what Reiki was, and she attuned me, and uh, I just kind of took off from there. 
the the Reiki vibration itself didn't really align with me because I felt that it was confining to use certain hand positions and um, use certain symbols. So I kind of was attuned and it opened my crown chakra, but then I just worked intuitively and um, tuned into my abilities when working with people. So now I have an office uh, where people come and we do a lot of different things depending on what the clients need. Um, we clear whatever they need to clear from their energetic field. That can be within the chakras or in the auric layers. We align them with the birth blueprint, the, um, you know, the reason why they are here. When they clear most of their karma, they align with the birth blueprint and follow their soul path. We do some soul integrations if people need to do that with regard to trauma or things that have happened to them. So there are a variety of things that we do, but at the end of the session, uh, the client is shifted to a higher frequency based on what they allow in their energetic field. And that's the real goal, for everybody to clear the things they need to clear so they can vibrate at the highest possible rate. You're speaking my language, sister. I, I know it. I know <laughs> I absolutely, I love this. And the more that we can um, educate the audience and the individuals. And and I love that you you were brought up in um, a dogma or a Catholic or Christian, you know, whatever that religion umbrella is for you. And I love that we can have this conversation. I really do. I purposely bring people on that have had that experience because there's so much fear and anxiety and that icky gunky stuff around the religion and us being mediums and psychics. Because I know for the longest time, I shut down when I was younger from trauma and fear and um, unlike you, I didn't have, I was adopted as a child, so I didn't have anybody that I, the grandmother, you know, that I could really go to mm-hmm. and say, oh my God, somebody's talking to me. Am I going crazy? What's happening? What's that smell? I'm, you know, all of that stuff. And then like you, after I started having my children, it became really, really open. Does that yeah, make sense? Exactly. Yes. And also, you know, one thing I want to say about those of us who experienced trauma early on and our abilities are suppressed, some of us that's a soul agreement for some of us when yes, we're born into these yes. super religious families because we're trying to change the belief systems and the thought patterns surrounded. We're trying to basically integrate spirituality with religion. Yes. So some of us are trying to, you know, overcome that and open people a little more because it's so confining. You know, yes. the, the religion can be so confining and we're trying to get people to open up that it's universal. It's not just confined by one particular religion. Yes, yes, and yes. Okay, I got to remind all of our beautiful listeners what we are here. I mean, we can talk spirit and all this juicy stuff, but I really want to promote this beautiful little gem, Discovering the Healer Within. Use chakras and intuition to clear negativity and release pain. Let's talk about this baby. You've got quite a bit of babies. You've got books and real-life babies. Uh, Yes, let's talk about this. What brought you to Discovering the Healer Within, your your latest book? Well, it's basically a follow-up from the first book, Discovering the Medium Within, because that was how I embraced my abilities. And um, I never really felt that doing readings, per se, for people was what I was called to do. I always felt that there was something else uh, that I should be doing with my abilities. And when my hand chakras opened up, I realized that I was, really called more to uh, healing facilitating for people. I qualify that by saying I am not a healer. I don't heal anybody. I just help people heal themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's really what my job is to do. The facilitator. Mm-hmm. To Absolutely. hold the space. Yep. Again, my language. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. And that's, 
I, if you're going to come across somebody, a healer that's got the true integrity of a healer, I believe that's the language that we should use. It's not about us as the human, as an individual. It's about the universal energies and us facilitating absolutely. that, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, and holding that energy for it. So you talked a little, you've got a um, facility back east, is that correct? That's correct. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about you have some workshops. Can you talk to me a little bit about that, what that looks like? When when are those coming sure. up? Sure. I have one coming up in April, on April 22nd. That's located in New Jersey in Tom's River, which is uh, also where my office is located. It's at the Clarion Hotel and Conference Center. And that is uh, the Discovering the Healer Within Day of Healing workshop. And in that workshop, we take some of the exercises from the book and we demonstrate them and, and do some group exercises. At the end of the day, we want people to come up with their own personal ritual of healing, um, meaning, you know, how are they shielding themselves? How are they grounding themselves? How are they aligning their energy each day? You don't really need to be attuned to any modality to take the workshop. You just need to uh, be open to the energy. I will open people's crown chakras if they need them open to the universal source energy. Mm-hmm. But if they're already attuned, it doesn't matter. Um, as long as they have their hand chakras, they have the tools to align their own energetic field. Anisha, I'm so, really glad that you said that because it's important. I don't want people to feel intimidated that, oh, well, I don't know so much about X, Y, and Z within this realm of spirituality and mediumship or opening the chakras or energy coming from the hands. Please feel free to come because this is where you're going to be with like-minded people. You will get a healing all in itself just because of the energies of the room. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And I also have another workshop coming up on June 16th, and that's at the Open Center in New York City, which is in Midtown Manhattan. And it's a very similar workshop, except it's Discovering the Healer Within, and it's an intuitive um, self-healing workshop. So it's kind of taking the, the day of healing and applying it in a little bit more of an intense level. We're going to be using our abilities. We're going to be scanning our chakras. We're going to be doing some things that are a little bit more advanced. Oh, just sitting step. here talking to you. I've got my crown chakras tingling. I've got spirals going up and down my body. I love this. Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. we? Yes. Thank you very much for that. Can we uh, offer the audience one of your exercises? One of them is embracing the vibration of unconditional love in our lives. Can we talk about that exercise? I think we all need a little sure. extra love. Sure. Um, you know, one of, well. Or can we? Or the- do you have something else that you'd rather ch- chat about? No, we can do that. Okay. That's a little meditation. Do you want me to step them through that? And they can kind of, uh, do you want me to read them through that exercise? And they can just visualize well, it? Visualize it and just explain how the exercise rolls through. I think more so than anything, just giving the audience a practical tool that they can bring into their life now and bringing more mm-hmm. love into their life now. Sure. One okay. of the reasons why I wrote this exercise is because we are very earthbound sometimes, caught up in all the things that are happening around us. Um, the universal energy that's available to us, the source energy, is the highest vibration of unconditional love. And a lot of times we block that from ourselves. Mm. And when we reconnect ourselves with that, everything sort of aligns and balances, and we realize how connected we are to others. So sometimes we just need to spend about five or ten minutes and really visualize and reconnect ourselves with that unconditional love so we can get centered and focused in the right area. I love that you bring in and you talk about animals, too. And I have to just really quickly share with you. I was playing hide-and-seek with my new six-month-old um, puppy, Levi. Oh, 
And I made a little sound and he came around the corner and I literally heard him laughing. It was the most funnest experience I've had with him. Yeah. I still get giddy talking about it. But do you know where I'm coming from from with that? Yes. Oh, yeah. He was laughing. It was so fun. Oh, it was. I loved being able to hear him. And then I went into joy and gratitude because I could hear him laughing and we were just rolling on the floor. So I just wanted to share that love and joy with you and the audience this morning. That's a great, I think that's a great story. And I think it's, I think it's a real thing that happens if you're deeply connected to the animals around you. I think it shows and demonstrates how deeply connected you are to him. Oh, so deeply, so deeply. Yeah. And I loved hearing him laugh because that was the first time I felt him but last night I heard him laugh, and I'm like, ah, this is so cool. <laughs> You're like, did you just laugh? Oh, yeah. I'm like, I hear you laughing. He's like, I know. This is so fun. I know. <laughs> so cute. I know. The bird on my wall watching me roll around <laughs> laughing with my dog. Oh, I love it. Okay, so let's talk about the vibration of love. And when we have, because we've got a few more minutes, is there, can we talk about and educate um, the audience about the sacred agreements. Do you think we have time to tap into that or is it a little too much to go into? I think we could if you if you want to. Let's let's talk for just a brief moment about channeling the vibration okay. of unconditional love. Um, so it's it's very easy to get to that place if you really choose to do so. We're not going to go through the exercise because it's, it's sort of a um, a guided meditation, but literally we can do it by just putting our hands over the heart chakra in the center of the chest. Mm. Just closing your eyes. Not if you're driving. Right. <laughs> if you're sitting someplace quiet. Yes. But just stimulating the heart chakra and connecting the energy from your crown to your heart right up to the divine realm. Mm. And as you're doing that, you are connecting with the frequency of unconditional love. And it is being brought down from your crown chakra into your heart chakra in the center of your chest and filling your entire body with unconditional love. And you may feel a warm, pulsating sensation. You may feel an emotional comfort or a sense of peace. All of the above. And let that energy run through your whole body and ground right down to your feet. And it's a very simple exercise that only takes a couple of minutes, but it's so profound because as you do that and center yourself, everything melts away, all the stressors happening, and you refocus yourself on what's important, being a conduit of love. That's it. Oh, I love that, being the conduit of love. And I know with radio, we've got to have and use up every second we can, um, not so much with Dead Space. But audience, this is so important. What we are we are speaking to is having you, giving you tools to connect with the divine and connect with love, connect with your body, and to allow that divine love and light to come in and just fill up your body and release the stresses because we are bombarded every single day, every minute outside world of all those stresses. So we're encouraging you to just take a minute, take a deep breath and connect and ground. And there are multiple, multiple tools in here with Anisha's, Anisha Marcel Keel. I'm going to spell that. The last name is K-I-E-L. So if you wanted to Google that, 
If you guys are driving, please just go to my Facebook page or SueLundquist.com. I will have all of that information up on the website. Um, it's up on the Facebook page right now. Discovering the Healer Within, Using Chakras and Intuition to Clear Negativity and Release Pain. She has two East Coast workshops happening April 22nd. That's in New Jersey and then June 16th in New York, both of which I highly recommend you going, regardless if you have um, experience or not. This is going to be an incredible environment that you'll, be, you'll get a healing from and you'll have like-minded people. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Let's talk about sacred agreements. Can we do that real quick? Sure, sure. So when I mention sacred agreements, and I do mention that in uh, the book, in one of the chapters, there's a chapter that really demonstrates that. These are agreements that we um, basically negotiate before we come to the earth plane as souls. And those agreements play out in our karmic relationships with those around us. So, for example, as I mentioned earlier, um, sometimes when people are born into a certain family dynamic, that's an agreement. They're there like me being born into a super Catholic family, but being very different, that was an agreement that I had mm -hmm. to help open them and also help um, kind of open people within the religion. And there are several people that are in these different dynamics to help change the thought forms, the beliefs, the experiences. There's a lot of stuff happening on the earth right now where the earth is evolving. But in order for the earth to evolve, the inhabitants have to evolve, and that means some of us have to come here and change things. So there are agreements in place that are honored karmically, and they're also here to help make the change, to bring about change. In order to change belief systems, there has to be someone that challenges the belief system and shows things in a different way and helps educate people so that they all shift their consciousness. Oh. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening with regard to soul agreements and shifting the earth's consciousness right now. You know, and I love that we're talking about soul agreements because after I learned about the soul agreements, you know what it did for me? It was a paradigm shift. And I say that sure. because right? I say that because mm -hmm. then I took responsibility and accountability for my own actions and behavior. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, that's why that's happening. All right. I don't need to actually know exactly why it's happening, but now I know why it's happening. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, and it's really important. We do that in the office sometimes when we look at uh, family dynamics and sometimes when people are past, we look at the soul agreements between parents and children. What was that really about? And when we look at the soul agreements, like you said, you can take ownership, but you can also forgive. Yes. And you can also understand that that was a lesson and that parent that abandoned you they did that on purpose so that you could be a part of the change, so yes. you could be strong in yourself and be part of the change on the earth without needing all this support. Oh, you know? I love it. Yes. It's a paradigm shift, folks, and you are there. You're in the heat of it. And we've got the tools right here, not only um, myself, but um, Anisha, she's, she's got a facility back east. She's got an online um, portal where you can go and get information that you need. And, of course, reach out to her. Her latest book, Discovering the Healer Within, Using Chakras and Intuition to Clear Negativity and Release Pain. So much more. Embracing your healing or her healing path. Clearing acute illness. The fight for his life. I'm going through the different contents and chapters of Chapter. her book. Yeah, chapters of her book. Mm -hmm. Healing and Sacred Agreements, which we were just talking about. Um, she talks about an exercise of grounding your energy, which is super important. 
Uh, chapter five, Alzheimer's and dementia. There's an exercise with walking in grace. I would be so excited to hear about that. And we talked about the unconditional love and tapping into that vibration. But we also, within that chapter, it's chapter six, animals helping us to heal. And you heard a little bit about me and my Levi experience um, last night and hearing him laugh. It was beautiful. In chapter seven, a voice for the voiceless. Oh, I love that. Clearing your energy daily. How important is that for people to know and to do? So important. Anisha, do you want to talk about that really quick? Sure. A Voice for the Voice is a chapter that's uh, about the shelter work that my son and I do at the animal shelter in our area. Um, and we are called in regularly to help out with the animals there. And sometimes they can't figure out what happened to an animal, but the animal has um, experienced trauma. And just like a human, the animal has stored that energy in the energetic field. So we can see what's stored there, or we could feel it, or we could hear things that were said to the animal. And then we can relay that to the director of the facility, and then they can train the animals so that they can overcome what's happened. Mm. So it's a, way, it's a way to make the um, animals more adoptable and help them work past their trauma because they store things the same way that we do. Um, but one of the things that we talk about um, every single day is balancing and aligning the energetic field. So in that one exercise, we are balancing the whole chakra system on a regular basis. Again, it's a five-minute sort of um, visualization, but we're bringing the energy in and we're aligning the whole energetic field to keep ourselves centered and grounded. It's really essential for us every day to be healthy emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and, of course, mentally. Oh, of course. And will you give out your website so people know how to get a hold of you? And then I want to briefly talk before we go, because I think this was a huge one for me coming into my abilities or rebirthing my abilities was discernment. Um, so, yes. yes, let's talk about discernment, but will you give out your website and how people can get a hold of you, please? Sure. My website is www.anisha, A-N-Y-S as in Sam, I-A, K-I-E-L, one word, dot com. And you can find me on social media. I have a Twitter page, a Facebook page, and I also have a YouTube channel. Um, so the workshops are listed on there under the events page, and they're also listed on all of my social media as well. And they're going to be on the Open Center website and my publisher's website. So you can find everything pretty much all over the place. If you're, if you're looking for it, you'll find it. Yes, That's and the, the teacher will come. The teacher will come. That's that's and right. if you're driving, just go to SueLundquist.com, go to my and click the links to Facebook and you will get all that information really quick before we head out. What is your experience? How can we help the audience um, with discernment? Well, so when you say discernment, are you talking about discerning their own energy or discerning experiences? What I'm I'm talking about. I feel X, Y, Z, is that my emotions, my body, or is that the animal or human I'm standing in front of? Well, there's two things. Uh, number one, let's address clairsentience really quickly. Okay. Clairsentience is the ability to feel energy. So when you are clairsentient, you can feel energy from other people and you can feel energy from places. It takes a lot of practice. You have to get your own energetic field in check before you can really determine if it's your energy or are you feeling the energy of other people. Yes. Um, the other thing when we're working with people and trying to help them heal themselves, a huge rule of thumb that I say to people all the time is this. 
if you have a negative emotional response to something, you need to go within and say, is this a response to something that's happening right now, or is it a response to something that has happened in the past that I need to heal within myself? Mm. I'm writing this down. I love that. Audience, did you catch that? Ask yourself, is this a response? What was it? Is it a response that is happening now, or is it a response that has happened in the past? Is that correct? Right. Is it a projection mm-hmm. of something that has happened in the past that I need to heal within myself? Anytime we have a negative emotional response, we have to look at what's happening in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. But we have to say, is, am I responding because of what's really happening right now, or am I responding because it's triggering a fear or an old pattern of behavior? That's when we really start delving into doing the work we need to do in ourselves. Love it. All right. We are out of time for today. Boy, Braden and um, Briella, I love the fact that your soul contract has brought you in with your mom and all this teaching and shining your light to the world. Anisha, Marcel, Kiel, thank you so much to the audience. Discovering the Healer Within. Go check out her book. Check out her website. She's got two workshops, April 22nd and June 16th. Please go to the website, her YouTube account, Twitter. All of that will be found um, on my website and or through the Facebook. And that is it. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And thank you so much. I'm very grateful for you having me on the show today, Sue. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And let's keep in touch. Okay. All right, love. Take care. All right. We have got a commercial break. And we come back, we have got the forever letter. Question mark. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to share that with you. Sue Lundquist here. Gratitude Cafe. We'll talk to you soon. When we said goodbye The world turned a darker shade The dust settled down Storms changed color in the rain But dark clouds Want your business to be socially aware? Have top social butterfly and founder of Finally Social, Aaron Alexander, make your brand the talk of the town. Erin will give you the tangible tools to expand your business exposure, work out an effective marketing plan, and boost your brand strategy. And right now, for a limited time, enter into a drawing for a free one-hour session with Erin. Want to know how? Well, that's easy. Hit up finallysocial.com forward slash radio. Attracting the wrong things in your life? Blocked? In transition? Can't seem to get clear? Let Sue Lundquist, Intuitive Clarity Coach, guide you through to confidence and sustained positive change. This is achieved with easy, practical tools you can use in your everyday life. Call now for your personal one-on-one Clarity Coaching session with Sue to get back to who you really are, confident, purposeful, and positive. Call Sue at 206-300-2227. That's 206-300-2227. Are the holidays a sad and stressful time of year for you? Learn how to undepress yourself in 30 minutes or less. Join our Beat the Holiday Blues Masterclass. You will receive immediate relief, and we will give you an easy-to-follow holistic prescription to help you stay connected, happy, and present so you can be your best self during this holiday season. Sign up at MiraKelly.com slash events. That is MiraKelly.com slash events. And Beat the Holiday Blues. Following the herd is fine until they lead you off a cliff. Think for yourself. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. 
that beat, Benny. Thank you. I like that a lot. Oh, what is that? Uh, Sirius is the name of the track uh, featuring Bella, and it's by Gianni Costa. Gianni Costa. Gianni. 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 Well, I like that beat, like, a lot. It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it is. All right. You are tuning in. It's the second part of the Gratitude Cafe. Love having you here. Thank you so much. We just had an incredible guest, and we are moving into the Forever Letter with Ilana Zayman. I cannot wait till you hear. I just, it's all about family and, and holding on to all of that. I just, I, I'm so excited to um, introduce you. I want to remind all of you, we are giving away, we've got one more ticket to the Northwest Mind-Body-Spirit Connection Expo, which is on January 20th. We have one ticket, one ticket per person. We're giving away. So please give us a call at 1-888-298-5569. We need your first and last name, email, and phone number to be able to get you that ticket. This ticket will also get you into the HEAL documentary that I'm going to be hosting. I've got some amazing gifts from Dr. Joe Dispenza and his staff personally. Um, it's going to be incredible. I was, I, they were very, very gracious with their gifts, so I'm very excited to share that with you. All right, we have our next guest, and Ilana Zayman is going to join us. And check this out. She is the first woman rabbi from a family spanning six generations of rabbi. She's a chaplain at the Summit at First Hill, a retirement community in Seattle, a certified wise aging instructor. I think I need a wise aging instructor. How about you, Ben? Who doesn't? Yep. I know. I am so excited. I'm just going to bring her on because it's juicy stuff. I want to hear about her story from her. Hello, Miss Alana. Welcome. Hello there. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's oh. a pleasure. Oh, <laughs> I here. love it. I think I need a, a, a wise aging instructor. <laughs> well, I tell you, when you said that, I also said to myself, you know, I think I need one too. <laughs> you know, oh. you teach something doesn't necessarily mean you're always so good at it yourself. <laughs> Oh, okay. So we are going. I know that, right? We, I do know that. Let's talk about this. The first female rabbi. Yeah. Wow. Really? I know. It was. It was pretty intense, actually, because I grew up in a very sort of male-dominated kind of culture. Also, attending a very orthodox religious day school up through eighth grade. Wow. Um, so it was a very big change in turn. I, I admired my dad very much. He was an excellent speaker and teacher. And I understood that he was doing important work in the world. I, I loved when he spoke and I loved when he taught because he was really trying to go for life's deeper meaning and finding stories not only of the biblical and Talmudic tradition and text to sort of shed light on, on the current situation, but he would go into literature and philosophy and psychology and, and current events. And when he spoke, he really... You know, it touched people's hearts. It touched my heart. And I was like, wow, this is this is cool stuff. And at that age, I didn't know I could do it. Um, it wasn't open to me. They didn't begin to ordain women in the conservative movement until 1984. And wow. this was in 1960. You know, I was born in 62, so this was probably about 67 or so. Um, but it was always something that was meaningful to me. And when it finally became available, it was this, hmm, yes, no. Yes, no, and it took a little while, uh, and for me to really feel like, okay, this is this is something I can do, uh, as opposed to can't do, because that's what the messages were all through, you know, growing up. Well, so, I thank you for shining your light and having the tenacity and courage to keep stepping through all of those hurdles. 
Thank is you. A great I think, don't we all don't we all step through hurdles? Like oh, every we day? do. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. But now you and I are just showcasing them on an international radio program, right? But exactly. and it's a good example for people to know it's okay. And I think that's with with anything, whether it's January one or March one, wherever it is, you guys. You're always going to have circumstances and situations that come into your life that you're going to have to jump the proverbial hurdle. It's a lesson. It's all for you to gain wisdom. Now, I, I want to talk really brief. The forever letter. I love this. The introduction um, from Liz Carpenter. What a lot. Wait, what a lot we lost when we stopped writing letters. We can't reread a phone call. I love that. Yeah. I love that. The power of letters. It's so powerful. Okay, I'm I'm jumping around a little bit because That's I just fine. I love I just I love your book. I'm showing the camera um your book as I'm dropping <laughs> little dog ears out of it, but I'm showing the audience your book and how beautiful it is. You have chosen a path to chaplain the elders. Why elders? And then I want to jump into because I think talking to the elders and then going into the integrity and the love for writing letters Mm -hmm. and the um, lineage that that sets a precedence for, I think we'll go there. We'll start there. Okay. Does that make sense? That's sure. Whatever whatever you say, I'm I'm with you, babe. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I always loved elders. Yes. Uh, I found them to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to pretend anymore. They are who they are, and they're full of wisdom from life experiences. Yes. And I love their wrinkles, and, and just their, they're just, they're, they're sometimes, you know, in a way, their frailty on some level, but yet their strength at the same time. Oh, you nailed it. So true. Yeah. So much wisdom and strength, yet their bodies and the frailty that they're showing on the outside, right? And that's what all of us, it's all of us, right? Because we all have frailty within us, and they're sort of being being like a model for being frail and yet strong at the same time. Um, and I always began to, uh, I always felt like I was an old soul on some level. And I would visit uh, the elders from our community and their uh, apartments. One per- person in particular, she was like amazing after her husband died, I would visit. And she would, you know, send home with my mother at various points these lemon meringue pies she would make. Oh. And the thing is, you know, she probably like poured it out of a box. You know, my sister was making jokes one time. Like they put the lemon meringue pie on a paper plate, and then another one, and another one, and the oil, you know, kept seeping through. You know. Oh yeah. But I love these pies, and I love this woman, and I love the care that we sort of showed each other. Oh. Um, and here's the thing: when I was, this was a real turnaround for me. When I was around ten, uh, our elementary school went to an old age home to sing songs for elders, and I noticed that. So many people were by themselves and in wheelchairs and some with walkers and some drooling and aides were around and no families. And everyone seemed so lonely and alone. And at that point, I didn't quite understand that perhaps their families couldn't take care of them at home. Um, But that whole experience raised an interesting question for me, which was why do we put our elders in this warehouse-like place, Mm. you know, alone, without people of all different ages? It just felt, it felt you know, funny, and that was when I began to understand that this culture had a real negative attitude toward elders, and it made me sad, and I took action. I began to visit the folks in this in this home, and I would walk there, you know, every Saturday for about a mile and a half, two miles, and my dad once asked me why I did it, and um, 
uh, he used the line in the sermon. One day he said, you know, honey, I'm, I just want to tell you. He never quoted us really in sermons, you know. <laughs> he said, I'm going to quote you today and just want you to know. So I sat there. I remember sitting in the synagogue with my head down the whole time because I had no idea what he was going to do. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, what's he going to do? And he quoted me saying this. He said, you know, um, I asked my daughter, Ilana, why she visits elders. And she said, because if I don't visit them, who will? And so now as I look back on this younger self of mine, you know, I understand that my attraction to elders, um, you know, might have had to do in part also with my sense of feeling alone and not quite understood. Mm. And that I resonated in some way with, with what I interpreted that the elders were feeling, which was a sense of aloneness. Um, and this feeling, you know, stayed with me throughout my life. And uh, isn't it amazing, you know, that sometimes we have these experiences that happen to us as kids and that somehow influence us to sort of make choices? It's and, the underlining veil yeah. or vein that runs through us, right? Yeah. I got to remind the audience, we're talking to Alana Zaman. The Forever Letter is her latest book. We're going to give away, she's graciously giving away a free copy. If you could call us at one 298 or 425-373-5527, Please give Benny your first and last name and phone number and email, and Ilana will contact you and get you a free book, The Forever Letter. All right, let's talk about um, the meaning behind this book. Can we do that and what the letters and and how they came to be? We were kind of going into that, but I just wanted yeah. to make sure that we, we told the yeah, audience. Yeah, let's, let's get there. Sure. Okay. Um, so The Forever Letter is based on an ancient Jewish tradition called Ethical Will, mm. um, where elders wrote a document often in the form of a letter, um, to their children or to the community, passing on their values. And in this context, it was often, you know, ethical values and religious precepts. And sometimes they threw in their individual wisdom as well. So when I was 14, my dad, the rabbi, wrote and gave me an ethical will he had written. And it blew me away. I had never received anything like it before, especially from him. Mm. Right? And in this letter to his four children, he shared his love for us, um, he wrote about the values he hoped we would live. And for the first time that I could remember, he shared his own frailty, you know, where he had lived up to his expectations of himself and where he had not. And he said, I remember this line so well, that how when we annoyed him, maybe he didn't use that word exactly, yeah. but how when we bothered him or annoyed him, it was often when we reminded him most of himself. Oh, wait, that was really good. Say that again. Uh, that how when he it was when we bothered him or annoyed him it was often because it was those those qualities uh, in himself that he liked least. I think that's yes, kind of how that is. that's so um, important for us parents. I, that is. that rang very true for me. Very yeah. true. Yeah, very <laughs> true. So? Tell me, tell me. Oh uh, well, you know, there's stuff that my daughters do, and I'm just you know whether it's a mannerism or you know it could be just leaving stuff around the house or not picking up or not follow through, yeah. follow through or time management that type of stuff, and I see them doing that, and I get really irritated, and I'm like, oh, because it's me. It's me. It's showing <laughs> up in my life, so I have to look at that and yeah. go, okay, where is that showing up? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes. I so appreciate your work on on parenting and on on those on it, the thoughts that you offer. Oh, because, honey, it ain't perfect. Yeah. I'll tell you no, that right now. It's, oh, not, it is not, it's perfect. not. I do this. I do the oh. same stuff. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable and saying it's okay. <laughs> no, we all we all do. I mean, I, I I with my son as well. It's that same feeling of like ah. Oh. Oh. You know, and you see, and then you're like, oh my god, this is me. Yes. And this is why it's upsetting me so much because it's this 
this piece of me that I don't like in me. And oh no, he has it too. Yes, change, please. Oh my God, change. <laughs> I did all the dirty work for you. Please do not do that. Right. And, yeah. then, the, and then sometimes even the guilt or the, or the maybe shame or whatever it is of like, oh my God, I gave that to him? Yes. Oh, no. Was it my oh. genes or was it what I did or said? Can we rewind so that we go back to early childhood yes. and start again? I you know, know. <laughs> yes. But there is also really beautiful. And then when the, when the fear and all that, and I love that we're having this conversation because when the fear, the resentments or the guilt come in, I, I step back and I have to go into gratitude. I mean, totally. yeah, granted, there's the wisdom of that lesson, but I have to step back and go, you know what? Kids, I've got three teenage daughters. You are amazing how you are because of the way I raised you mm-hmm. or, way you know, the yes. example. Totally. And it's not me tooting my horn. It's because nope. it's just it is. You guys are amazing. You really are. So standing in gratitude for what they are as Absolutely. well. And we all, we all, I mean, everyone's amazing. And we yes. all have our, we're all imperfect. Yes, right? imperfectly perfect. perfect. Yes. And and that's okay. You know, at least in Jewish tradition, it, it, Jewish tradition talks about, you know, it doesn't talk about being perfect. Yeah. It talks about being complete and being whole. In fact, the root uh, of the word shalom mm-hmm. or peace is shalem, which means wholeness. Mm. So to be at peace, right, really means to be whole. Mm. And I think that's what we strive for, even though we think sometimes we're striving for perfection. What we're really striving for is to feel complete in who we are. And we all have our quirks and our crazinesses. We do. Everybody. (laughs) Right. Okay. So you're bringing up a point. So the perfect word, you know, the word perfect. Right. It's it's not about being perfect. It's giving your perfect effort, whatever that is for you. I heard that quote and I fell in love with it and I constantly use that. Because if, if you, for yourself, give it your perfect effort, what right. you are known to know right then and there, then that's, that is enough. That is right. perfect just in itself. Right. right. Yeah. Now, All right. Me, I just want to go back to the finish, the, the, piece the, forever, the forever letter, letter in your book. Is, yes. Um, so this experience was so powerful for me. Um, and my dad, in part, because he was, you know, this rabbi, he was held in high esteem by the community. And this holiness surrounded him as clergy, as yes. sometimes it does. Um, and this letter made him human, and not only made him human for me. I mean, I kind of knew he was human, even though I, uh, you know, really respected him. But it made me see that he saw himself as human. Mm. And, you know, I say this letter, I go back to it again and again, and um, it shaped my life so much so that um, I'm working on, you know, reaching out with letters to all these different communities that I go to, to teach at. Um, but one of the frustrating things about these ethical wills, as they were called then, was that they, on occasion there was a commanding tone. And so I wanted to take a different stance on tone. And another thing was that these letters were passed from elders to the younger generation. And I wanted the younger generation to write to the elder generation. And I want spouses and siblings to write to one another. And a value and wisdom, I was, you know, it can go in all directions. So that was another piece. And another, another piece is I wanted to deepen and highlight uh, the incredible potential for self-reflection that happens when we sit down and begin to write about what matters to us most. Mm. Issues like values and wisdom, but even more, issues about gratitude and love and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we just don't go there. And It's um, cathartic. Yeah, it's yeah. really cathartic. And we learn about ourselves by writing sometimes what we might not know <laughs> before. Right, I, I learned. I may not want to, exactly. <laughs> but we're looking at it. Exactly, we're looking at it full, full face on. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't. I, as I'm, you know, you're right, you're right. Like, as I wrote a letter to my son, um, 
which I can talk about a little later if we have time. But, you know, I sat down. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I wrote, what are values? What are things? What do I want to say? And, you know, I started crying because, you know, what if this is my last letter, even if it isn't? What, yes, what, what do I yes. most want to say? Yeah. And then as I wrote, I'm like, and this and this. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't do this. Oh, my God, I didn't do that. And I was like, wow, who I think I am is not necessarily who I really am. And it, it, get, it causes you, but just by writing, it causes you to sort of like reflect inward and say, wow, how do I show up more attuned with, you know, the, the self that I want to be, right? Or, and maybe let go of some of that imagined self. Or if the imagined self is who I want to be, how do I really live it? Mm. Yes. I'm going to read it on page nine. Respect one another, even, lo- even if love is not always possible. Joel Zaman. Yeah, that was part of that, my father's letter. And it yes. was, uh, what, eight, nine paragraphs. And still, in all, it was, uh, you know, to this day, I read it. Um, I pull it out when I need to hear his voice. And he's still living. I, but, I, but there's something about it that reminds me um, that reminds me of our initial family. I had a brother who died when he was uh, 11 of cancer. And he, my dad wrote this letter prior to that. And so when I go back to this letter, I'm also reminded of our, you know, of our family when we were, when we were six and and not five. Uh, So it it brings me back to that too, but also to his love for us and his honesty. And, and it it helped me actually write the letter that I then uh, wrote to my son. And as I write more forever letters to other people, I've written several to my son and to other people as well. And, you know, it just, it sort of stands as a kind of a little bit of a guide. <laughs> I love that. And I want to remind the audience because I don't want to, I, I don't want to get lost in the definition. I want to make sure that people understand what we're talking about. <clears throat> the forever letter in, in, in its meaning, it's more like, it's like an ethical conversation. It's, it's passing on your values, uh, dreams, vulnerability, all of that onto your children and passing on lineage guys. This is huge. Yes, and I want to remind you that it's not just, it's not just, uh, in other words, if we talk about it just like that, it becomes a legacy letter. Yes. And this is not just a legacy letter. Because it goes in all directions. Yes. Um, It it goes, and it's not, and sometimes legacy letters can be very commanding. Yeah, no, Uh, we don't want, okay. This this has a different tone to it. It's a real, um, it's a wanting to uplift, it's wanting to uplift a relationship. It's wanting to to reach in and, and really make connection. And sometimes, you know, it's with a dear friend that we've lost a connection or something's happened that is not quite right. Um, sometimes it's with a parent. And sometimes it's with an aunt or uncle or a, a boss or, or, or whomever. Sometimes it's with a grandchild, right? And so this opportunity to write a letter, sometimes especially maybe when people have not uh, been speaking or something, can maybe open a door mm-hmm. uh, to a relationship that might have been closed otherwise give it a jump start again it's the self-reflection it's It's, cathartic it's learning about ourselves whether we want to look at that or not right yeah there was yes. actually, you know what, I have to tell you, there was, uh, in one of the workshops I did, I had a, uh, a college student, a graduate student, and she said that they had a, an incredible tradition in their family, which was, ever since they were little, they would write birthday letters to everyone. And Aww. they, um, the parents would write, and the kids would write, and no matter what age. So if you were little and you were like two or three, you'd do a picture. And as you got older, the expectation of every member of the family was that they wrote meaningful letters to each other. And all of them have saved their letters over the years, and the parents... <sighs> prioritized that these letters were more important than gifts. Yeah, they got oh, 100%. gifts. Oh, 100%. They got gifts, but they <sighs> got these letters. And, you know, can you imagine 
like when you're 20 or 30, having this box that you would go to that shows you, you know, who you were at a certain Aww. period of time, who the people in your life were, you know, were at that period of time. I mean, that is so amazing, right, oh, to get that I continued connection and who was I in everybody's eyes. And it's not just parents. It's, it's you know, Students it's or um, educators, staff, PE yeah. teacher, all of that, yeah. We did, and I love that. I really, I, we did something similar for each of the girls. I went to their elementary teachers and got letters from them and put them in a box, similar to that. But I like this way more from the family. This is beautiful. It really is. It's a great tradition. And, and, and unfortunately, like, but when I learned about it, uh, we were too far along. I know. Sort of we're too far along. <laughs> I'm not going to feel guilty about not doing that one. I'm not going to do I, it. You know, I did too, and I heard I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I thought of that earlier. Ah, that would be great. All right, i got to remind the audience, we are talking about the forever letter, writing what we believe for those we love. Ilana Zaman, I want to, will you remind us of uh, your website, please? Sure. My website is uh, just my name, www.ilanazaman.com. And if you're driving, you, again, can go to SueLundquist.com. You can find us on Facebook, Gratitude Cafe. My website, we have cross-pollinated and promoted on all of that. Before we head out, I, um, we did get a caller, and we have somebody that's going to get your free book, so I'll get you that information when we, get, when, um, when we close down. Yeah, when we close down. That's <laughs> okay. what I was trying to say. Thank you. Um, can, uh, I, can I add one more piece? Well, yeah, I wanted to ask you. You were talking about some volunteer work. I wanted to talk about that really quick. Can we do that? Sure. Okay. Um, so I'm involved in a project called the Seattle Limbe Sewing Circle. And uh, it was a project begun by the First African Methodist Episcopal Church, FAME, uh, in downtown Seattle. And it was making feminine hygiene care kits for girls in Cameroon, Africa, oh. one of Seattle's sister cities. And so I met with one of the organizers and I said, hey, would you guys come to uh, our synagogue? And um, the idea initially was, well, we'll get you started. And I said, no, 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 I just don't want to get started. I really want to have this be a, a cross-cultural and a cross-racial and a cross-religious community. And we began and uh, with, with joy from, from fame and with joy from us. And I invited the Ahmadiyya Muslim community uh, from Monroe to join us. And so we are a multi-faith community, and I've spoken at different, uh, you know, schools in the area and churches and you know, we are people of faith and people of no faith and neighborhood people, and we get together in each of our sites uh, once a month. And uh, we just actually sent off, it was beautiful, at the service. We had a service at Fame this past week, and we sent off the nine or ten delegates going with about a 1,805, I believe, um, kits oh, for girls. That is incredible. You know what, sweetheart, we're running out of time. I want to remind everybody, thank you so much. The Forever Letter, Ilana Zaman. Find all the information at SueLundquist.com. We'll get to you. Until next time, each of you are a gift. Get out there and share yourself with the world. If you like the show, help more people find us by adding your review of the show on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach with this inspiring message on the Gratitude Cafe. Simply search for Gratitude Cafe in iTunes, hit subscribe, and add your honest review. It would help us immensely and we'll be forever grateful one of the best ways you can give back to the show with your review. Thanks for tuning in to the Gratitude Cafe. Don't forget, every week is a new show and you could submit your questions at sulanquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. The show goes live at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Seattle on Seattle's Alternative Talk AM 1150.
you can also call into the show at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Find the live streaming link at suelundquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. We'll see you next week.